Thanks for joining us and welcome to Activate Your Health. I'm Josh. And I'm Kayla. And we are back again to discuss all things health here in Allen County. From the fun to the serious, we discuss health-related issues that affect the people that live, learn, work, worship, and play in our county. So thanks for joining us on a beautiful day here in Lyme, Ohio. We have another fun and insightful episode planned for today. First, we'll be briefly chatting about our upcoming Chili for Charity event taking place on March 7th. Then we'll be joined here in studio by John Hafey, owner of Good Foods Restaurants, which includes Happy Days, Beer Barrel, and Old City Prime, to discuss his downtown Lionel project and much more. Then we'll be discussing a few tips about prepping your garden for a successful growing season. And finally, as we always do, we will highlight some upcoming events here in the county. Yeah, so we want to once again revisit our new exciting event, Chili for Charity. We're so excited for this program to come to Lima on March 7th uh, from 1130 to 1 p.m. at the new Mercy Health GME building on Market Street. Come and eat lunch with us. A wonderful Happy Days chili lunch for only $10 for a great cause. Yes, and during that hour and a half you're with us, not only will you be getting lunch, you'll be hearing from local mental health professionals who will be talking about reducing the stigma and what is happening in our community around mental health. And then you will be hearing from four local nonprofit agencies who will be pitching what they're doing, pitching a program or an event or something that they're working on that needs additional funding or needs new funding, and then that crowd there that day will be able to vote on which agency or nonprofit should be receiving those funds that were raised during that lunch. So basically a crowdfunded lunch, a way for you to give back to our community immediately. Every part of that $10 will go directly to that winning organization or nonprofit. But even better, all those four agencies that day will be leaving with at least some funding. Yeah, come help be the voice that decides where those funds go, where your funds go from those $10 raised like Kayla mentioned and we're going to be providing that winning group a minimum of $5,000 with the additional funds raised that day. The lowest funding group will receive at least $2,000 so everybody that is presenting that day is going to walk away with some funds to make a difference in our community but we need your voice. We need you to come and join us on that day. Pay your $10 and make a difference for our community and we couldn't put this together. This couldn't be done without some great local support. So we want to thank the United Way of Greater Lima. Their innovation grant helped provide seed funding for this event. Our catered lunch is sponsored by Happy Days and Good Food Restaurants. We want to thank Allen Lima Leadership for helping with volunteers. And lastly, Bach Promotions for sponsoring our t-shirts for the event. And of course, our largest sponsor of the event is the Mental Health and Recovery Services Board because they are donating some additional funds, again, to make sure that everyone who is there that day pitching their idea is able to go home with at least a little bit of money to get their project off the ground to get that up and running. So we do appreciate the Mental Health Board for all they're doing in the community around mental health. And to sign up, please visit Activate Allen County's Facebook page. There's a link in the event page there for that. You can also go to the Lima Chamber and go to their event page and you can register and pay your $10 and there are still tickets left. So please do that today. Yeah. So come on board. We'll see you on March 7th at 1130 at Mercy Health GME building. And now you're still listening to Activate Your Health. It's now time to chat with today's guest. We would like to introduce John Hayfield the owner of Good Foods Restaurants, which includes Happy Days, Beer Barrel, Old City Prime, and much more. John, thanks for joining us today. Good morning, downtown Lima. How are mm-hmm. you? Yeah. Before we chat about your current and upcoming projects, we want to take a moment and just look at your past and have you talked to us about how you became an entrepreneur and how you started and kind of built your business here right. in Lima. How much time do we yeah, have? Say we... we got some time. It's all right. <laughs> Maybe the cliff note version. <laughs> well, I've been on a... Uh, 
45-year entrepreneurial projection here so far. I spent time in restaurants in the 70s, you know, working in them as a teenager. Back in the 50s, 60s, and 70s in Lima, most of the restaurants, there weren't a lot of chains. There were no chains. Yeah. I mean, there were some small chain, you know, fast food restaurants, but nothing like we have today with uh, Olive Gardens and Texas Roadhouses yeah. and things like that. Most of the restaurants were owned independently, and a large majority of them were owned by Italian families mm. that were immigrant families who came to this town. And I happened to go to school with some of them and spent a lot of time in places like the Milano Club and Charlie's down on South Main Street and the Azarello's and the Alpine Village. I could go on. There were so many <laughs> Italian-owned restaurants in town at the time. And I think it just exposed me to that. But you know, I think people are born with different things. I think I had an entrepreneurial spirit. Mm and started uh, doing things even as a teenager you know, on the side. I got into the county fair business when I was in high school, selling sandwiches, and then opened my first restaurant in downtown Lima here in 1980, and which is now the, well, was the Chase Tower. I think it's, you know, it was Tower National yeah. Bank back yeah. in the day in the lobby. And uh, and it's just been, uh, you know, a lifelong journey, you know, with the ups and downs that most entrepreneurs have. And I just stayed the course. And uh, so here we are, I'm 64 and still at it, and I'm really enjoying it. And uh, so what was that first restaurant that you opened? And what was the title, John? It was the uh, Tower Cafe. All right. Tallest building in downtown yeah. Lima. And in 1980, that building, I think it's 15 floors. Of course, they skip a 13. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Basically 14. <laughs> but uh, back in the day, it was full. It was full of bankers, lawyers, doctors, business people. And it really exposed me and introduced me to a lot of, uh, you know, back in the day, the movers and shakers yeah. in town. Mm -hmm. and, and uh, I was just a young kid, you know, trying to run like a New York deli uh, type restaurant and, and made a lot of relationships. And started really yeah. learning, I assume, at that point, right? And sure. uh, built off of that. So what was your, sure. what was the next step in owning restaurants? Well, um, about three years later, Jim Harris, if you're, you're not old enough, you'll never recall the Harris IGA grocery stores in town, but uh, Jim Harris was a fine man and um, and a great businessman, owned a lot of uh, grocery stores in the area. And out in Shawnee on the corner of uh, Brees and Shawnee Road, he had taken over from Bud Bailiff, another uh, longtime name in Lima. Uh, Bud, Bud had the Frontier restaurants and there was a Frontier restaurant out on the corner of, well, basically in Elmview. And uh, Jim had taken that over and put a new restaurant in it and after a couple of years he was looking for somebody to <laughs> to run it and, uh, and, and take that over uh, as a lot of people who get into the restaurant business realize this isn't as fun as it it's a lot of work you know? huh yeah yeah so Jim came a calling and um, invited me out to manage that for him mm -hmm. and I and I set up a, a manager option to buy it okay and after six months he sold it to me I think I was 24 years old oh, man. and I opened a steakhouse called John's House of Prime Actually had the first liquor permit ever in Shawnee Township. Really? Yeah. Just reminiscent type. Yeah. Things, you know? Wow. Yeah. And it later became the beef and bourbon. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think now it's a special needs daycare center uh, out there. And then I branched off of there and I, and a couple years later down on Shawnee Road, right by Fort Amanda, there used to be a Lawson's store. Lawson's stores were convenience stores, you know, yeah. similar to 7-Elevens and, and a kind of a dairy store. And it had closed. And I took the space, half of the space, and I opened up a sub shop uh, called Chubbs, C-H-U-B-B-S, Deli Subs. All right. And uh, it was before the, the, the explosion of Subway restaurants mm -hmm. and other sub shops. But it was driven by my, um, in the afternoons when I had the Tower Cafe, I would take a little break and walk around downtown, which our downtown has come so far from those oh, days. Oh, absolutely. 
and I would stop at Joey's. And uh, back at my shop, I had fryers to clean, griddles to scrape, greasy, you know, grease to clean up. <laughs> and I'm down at Joey's, and, and Joey Logi and his guys, they have a little meat slicer, slices, <laughs> you know, a little refrigerator. They're making cold subs, and I'm going, this is yeah. pretty interesting. Yeah, they close down, and they're out of there in about 15 minutes. <laughs> and, uh, and so I kind of got into the sub shop business, opened another one up in Northland. And I had those going on, so yeah. So all kinds of yeah. vast experience yeah, in restaurants. Really in that, my 20s, yeah, I mean, I had four restaurants when I was 26, and uh, never went to college. You know, I I knew how to cook, I knew how to you know talk with people and and uh, make customers happy, and had a nice business, but I didn't really understand the business side of it. And um, you know, got into a little bit of you know trouble financially, and um, just decided to kind of shift gears. I had been um, self-employed most at that, at, at 29 years old, most of my adult life, you know, at that point. Yeah. And, uh, and got out of the business and uh, went to work for Gordon Food Service. At the time, they were just in northern, you know, just in Michigan and northern Indiana. And they had bought a food distributor in Maumee outside of Toledo called uh, Valley Farm Foods. And uh, I got in uh, to the Fort Wayne office and uh, they were just kind of breaking into the Lima market. And uh, it was a great, it was a great experience for me. I stayed, uh, I was there eight years, met great restaurant tours across the Midwest, up in Michigan. You know, I'd run other people's vacation routes the first mm-hmm. year. And uh, just how the Gordon family and Paul and John Gordon uh, ran their business, um, just great relationships with their employees and their integrity with their vendors and customers and and I just tried, I thought, my God, if I ever got back into business, I'm going to emulate these people because they know how to run a business, you know. And uh, so I still consider Paul Gordon a real mentor in uh, in my life. We come across people who just kind of change your perspective yeah. on things in life, don't we? Okay. Yeah, there's important yeah. people, and, uh, and we all yeah. need those folks. Yeah. And in the younger years, I got to tell you, that was, um, you know, the Quagentes, like Joe, Frank's dad. Joe, uh, Joe's other son, Phil, and I were best friends, and Joe took an interest in me. Uh, used to take me to Chicago to the National Restaurant Show. Even when I opened my little restaurant downtown, you know, I didn't have any money. Yeah. He had me go in the basement and get dish, you know, take what I needed, pots, pans, dishware, things like that. And uh, but I always, I always loved watching Joe. And I thought, didn't he's got the best job in the world? You know, if, if he likes it, he gets to greet all these people yeah. coming to town. You know, meet people and uh, make them happy and entertain them for the night. And I thought, man, that's that was another uh, kind of mentor uh, that hit me. And uh, and some of the other older guys like Charlie Ventrella that had Charlie's down on South Main Street. So we meet people in our lives, you know. <laughs> And if we open our eyes and ears and keep our mouth shut, sometimes we learn a lot. You know? Yeah, amen. Great. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, that's a testament because as you started out, you know, yeah. in the restaurant business young and had right. some failures and then was able to regroup and come back stronger yeah. and with what you learned and the values and the... Yeah, I mean, so in 1996, I think I had been at GFS for seven years and, uh, and really at that point had been married for um, 13 years. We had four kids. Life was pretty good, man. Yeah. I had I had a company car, medical insurance, a four hundred one k, a, lot a retirement stress. plan, and making really good money. And, less uh, stress, huh? To go home and tell my wife, I think I want to get back in the restaurant business. She's like, ah, jaw dropped, you know. Uh, but God love her, she supported me. I bought the first Happy Days restaurant in nineteen ninety six, and uh, Paul Gordon let me keep my job also. Mm. And uh, so when I opened the second one out on Bell Fountain Avenue the next year, I knew that was time. I had to make that 
decision to separate. It was a big decision. Yeah, Uh, it was a big decision. But uh, I think after my first go around in the business and then the years at GFS and just growing up, you know, growing up and uh, being more mature um, and learning about business, I, I had a lot of confidence that I could you know, that I could make a living. I had no plan to do what I'm doing now. I just wanted to make a living. <laughs> I had mouths to feed. You take care yeah, of your you family. Had, yeah, yeah. Well, you had lots of kids. Yeah. So you yeah. got to keep the wife happy. Yeah. Right. That was your first yeah. goal. Yeah. And uh, from there, you know, it's um, it's been, I don't know, 1996 to now what we're talking, 27, 28 yeah. years. 28 now. years almost. Yeah. And, uh, and I've been blessed, and I, I've, and I think I wake up every morning excited about you know what I do, and I still love to just the basics of this business. I still love to see people. I'm a social person. I like to be around. I like to be out in the public yeah. at night, um, and I love to bring enjoyment. When I go into our restaurants, I was in Van Wert last night. And just to see the amount of people in in that small town just loving what we do, uh, it, that's it's more important than the money. Yeah. And it's yeah. just to me, I just love I love what what we bring to communities, and I try to enforce that with the staff. That if you come in here with meaning, there's a meaning about what we're doing. We're we're bringing people enjoyment, and if you like to serve people, you come in here with a good attitude, and you're going to do great. But uh, you know, don't bring the party down. If you're coming yeah. in here, we're we're trying to create yeah, a fun atmosphere. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah, good yeah. food, like, good environment. Right. I've tried to preach it by if my any of my employees now are past employees here, this will go. Oh my gosh, he's still saying it. But a restaurant like down at Old City Prime in Beer Barrel, we preach it. It's like it's like putting on a production. It's like putting on a Broadway show. You got to cast the characters, and and you know before the curtain goes up, if you're having a bad day, they need to. You know, we need to we need to be on on, on tune. We need to yeah. bring the enjoyment. Bring people, and, yeah, you know, bring people together. Yeah. Make them people are leave. some you know couples are getting babysitters and paying yeah. to go out and have a nice night out. Yeah, they want to be treated and they want to come to a fun environment and they want to enjoy their night out. Some people can't afford to go out that often and. Yeah. When they do, they want somebody who's so uplifting. They get an experience that they remember yeah. and yeah, look back fondly. Right. And I think as we think about the downtown area, things that have been happening recently, and then talking about the Spring and Main Street project, you just said you came in here right from that building. So <laughs> tell us what's going on there and uh, yeah. what made you, you know, think this was a great place yeah. to invest um, when we're, you know, we have the right. Rotary Pavilion going on and all these great things happening in the right. Central District. So what made yeah. um, this project a part of what you wanted to do? You know, there's lots of times I, I tell folks who are still you know pessimistic about our city and our town that maybe they either weren't around or they don't have a very good memory mm-hmm. <laughs> because like i alluded to earlier when i used to walk around downtown in the early 80s mid 80s you know there was a lot of vacant buildings big buildings department stores had left you know greg's was empty the old kresge building yep. was empty where the parking garage is now that was a vacant jc penny where the civic center is at now those were all just you know boarded up buildings and it was like the great exodus out of mm-hmm. downtown mm-hmm in the seven in the 70s late 60s and 70s with the with all the malls and people you know not coming downtown so to see what's happened in the last 15 or 20 years you, to appreciate it I think you have to recall what we've come from and and now and, and I've and I've mentioned a few times in my you know in my 40 years in business in town and a lot of it downtown and being involved in different associations we've had different periods of excitement mm-hmm where there's synergy, you know, mm-hmm. the Civic Center was a big thing. And, you know, then a few later years later, they did the the annex, you know, the, the addition to it. And then the hotel built and the parking lodge, you know, garage built. Those were times. And then, you know, then the economy shifts and changes and people lose interest. But I really feel now is different because of 
people your guys' age, you want to come back downtown. You want to live and work and play mm-hmm. and, and have a good time in, in the downtown. So I think what's happening now really has legs. Obviously, yep. I must. Right? Yes. <laughs> to, to be invested. Yeah, for, your, for that investment, yeah. You have confidence for sure, yeah. <laughs> It's a project of passion. I'm uh-huh. going to tell you that it's it's not necessarily a great you know fiscal financial investment. Decision. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But to see you know what Old City Prime draws from, we're amazed. Mike Baker, you know Mike. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mike's been working for me on the weekends now, helping me in the upper lounge. And Mike makes a habit of when he's greeting people coming up, "Where are you from?" I mean, he is amazed how far people are coming from to come to, to travel. Old City Prime. Yeah. I mean, every weekend. Coldwater, you know, Sydney, Piqua, Bell Fountain. Um, we've had people like if they if they want to see the band driving from Cleveland and different things and staying at the hotel. But just to see, you know, just the lure of those hundred people yeah. on a Friday or Saturday night, or the the folks that were dining downstairs. You know, people will come to downtown Lima. You got to keep it safe and and, and looking good. Uh, but they will come if the right things yeah. are here. And Abe sees that at the Civic Center all the time. I mean. When there's a good national yeah. show, people yeah. will travel yeah. and That's stay right. in the hotels. And so, what, you know, what I see now is, um, you know, roads investment, the state's investment downtown, um, you know, the central business district investment. What, what Tracy and I and her partners in the Rotary Club, what's happened in that southeast quadrant was the most blighted mm-hmm. quadrant of our downtown. And what's, you know, what's, it's really fun to see it transitioning. Because when things start looking better, other people want to be involved and, and fix up their buildings and so on and so forth. The domino effect almost, yeah. Yeah, yeah. so you, you take the amphitheater and central business district. And, uh, you know, I've cleaned up a couple other buildings that had problems down there. And then uh, with the city, you know, the cities come in with streetscape money now, with the investment of the college. Um, I, I just think that, that, that right there we have, we have the best opportunity um, with the amphitheater, the civic center, with roads, with Spring and Main, with Central, with Winans, with you know, with tra- what they've got going on in the future coming down there. I think it's the best opportunity that downtown Lima's had for a real entertainment yeah. district. Yeah. And, and when the streetscape's done, when the arches lit up, and when the bistro lights are across the street, and all the trees are lit up along Spring Street, and there's music going on, and I've got outside dining, and you know, things going on there. And I think it's going to be uh, you know something that people will drive and and want to come to at least in the you know in our region region. as you describe that you're describing something that if you're driving by you're going to be curious to see what all the excitement's about right many Mm -hmm. times if you go through a town and you don't see anything exciting fun happening bodies on the street people walking a vibrant community you're just going to drive right through and not give it much thought but if you go to a community where it's vibrant people are active like you said hear music see the lights you're going to want to stop your car get out and visit greater lima and i think back to your previous point if people say downtown lima isn't a great place they just haven't been here in a number of Mm -hmm. years and they're going back to those old perceptions so i think it's remarkable you know what's happening downtown lima and we're really um, excited to see you know what takes place at your at your project there. Can you explain to us kind of what the restaurants and and what unique sport activity might (laughs) be uh, available in that location? If I may, I'd like to go back and also mention, you know, up North Main Street also with the Nelsons and uh, Mm -hmm. what Ray Magnus has Mm -hmm. done. And Rob's got future plans, I believe, up there. What the county is going to build a new administrative building on Main Street. Um, and, And the beautiful job that Jeff Blanford did with you know, with the buildings mm-hmm. that he's renovated, and I don't know what the future of that is, but eventually either he or somebody's going to lease those from him or buy them, and because they are, they're they're, they're gorgeous, yeah. Go, yeah. 
And so you start up on North Main Street, and if we can you know, fill in from Wayne Street down to Elm Street with nightlife and nice things going on and uh, you know Zenum has done a nice job they they have a, yeah. their own you know target crowd that they hit and do a nice job uh, so all of those things together along with uh, don't forget purple feet with yeah. you know with the, the beautiful desserts and the the new uh, kind of digs out back there That's that right. they've got yeah. with the bourbon their oh, yeah. bourbon bar and everything so you know hey I got to be careful what I say about Finley because I have a restaurant in <laughs> and I love well, Finley no, also but. Yeah. but you know when, when people for years have competed Compared downtown Lima to yeah, Finley, yeah, yeah. they say how vibrant downtown Finley is. Well, downtown Finley also has Marathon Oil yeah. and 2,000 young people or people working That's in right. Marathon yeah. Oil. But they don't have a symphony and they don't have a civic center like we do. Uh, they don't have a downtown amphitheater, I don't believe. And they do have a lot of great restaurants and, and nightlife in downtown Finley. But we're catching up. That's right. We're catching up. Yeah. And uh, uh, so... So now to answer your question. <laughs> so Spring in Maine is 26,000 square feet of space. Two buildings connected now. Not only uh, connected physically, but connected mechanically. <laughs> it is one complex. <laughs> and, uh, and it's been quite a, uh, uh, quite a, a feat to, to put multiple kitchens and the mechanicals uh, that, that need put in in, in restrooms and you know those that the big building was built as a department store. It was just, just four open. floors of fifty four hundred square feet yeah. of open space. You know, but but to put all of that infrastructure in and still make dining rooms that don't have pipes and yeah. ductworks running through them, it's been quite a feat. And I'll take my hat off to All Temp Refrigeration, uh, ATR Mechanical, yep. and Dustin Pullman because Dustin designed all of that, and uh, he just does a fantastic job. And along with Revival Design and uh, Kelty Tappy and out of Fort Wayne, but a lot of great. Uh, people doing work in there. So the third floor is leased by Rudolph Foods, a great community partner. Mm -hmm. uh, the Rudolph family have been involved in the Lima community since the 50s. And uh, Rich and, and, uh, and Jim's father was very instrumental in keeping the Y downtown, yep. uh, very instrument, uh, instrumental in uh, renovating the Schnorf Hardware building, which is now the Chamber yep. building. Rich has been a driving force in the amphitheater. So their work uh, in downtown Lima you know, uh, has been going on for years. And, and they wanted to be part of what I, what I was doing, and they wanted to have offices and have some uh, presence in downtown Lima. So they lease the third floor. They have their R&D kitchen going in and their IT department. And, and I, I don't want to speak for them. Maybe some other uh, yeah. type things, but they've uh -huh. done a beautiful job with the third floor. It's very exciting. I mean, I, I gave them a, a vanilla box with mechanics and finished floors and walls. And then they, they did their own build cool. out. That's very nice. And I'm sure they'd like to show it off someday. <laughs> We're going to have a grand opening. Yeah, uh -huh. can't wait. And then the second floor is called Corner Pins. And by the way, all the signage is going on the building in the next 60 days. Uh, corner Pins, and it's a duck pin bowling alley, similar to Pins Mechanical, not to that size. But there's eight lanes of duck pin bowling, and it's all installed by Brunswick. Uh, you know, bowling, the bowling name that people relate to bowling alleys. And uh, it's got a nice, um, in the front of the building where the, the big windows are out on Main Street, just a nice um, uh, lounge area, um, some pinball machines mm. and soft furniture, and, and uh, there'll be a small menu up there. And then also uh, in the bowling alley part, a nice bar. Um, and then on the first floor, uh, I think it's pretty common knowledge that we're bringing back the Casa Luel. Mm -hmm. yeah, uh, the Venturella family, John and Tony, have been friends of mine for years. And um, you know their father, uh, uh, George, and their uh, uncle Zip uh, started the Casa Luel in 1960. 
and it's been a you know it's been a, a very popular place until COVID hit and uh, and it got you know a little bit more difficult than John at 70 years old wanted mm-hmm. to continue to battle you know yeah. so when they closed of course it was a social yeah. media it was explosion so we're excited and they are excited and uh, they're coming in in minimal uh, partnership but John wants to be there he misses the people just like I would yeah and uh, he wants to be there some nights and greet people and Tony I think is gonna make a presence we're bringing back you know some of their more favorite things but of course it's the new generation Castle Luau it's a little risky for me you know because (laughs) you know it's not going to be the old Castle Luau you know and and uh, you know things change and people's appetites change and people's you know the trends change and so it's it's the new castle luau to take it you know take it for the next 20 years or however long it may be new and improved yeah. right yeah. Yeah. yeah and and i think uh you know i was very careful not to make it intimidating or too fancy uh, because the castle luau was such just a, a comfortable everybody enjoyed it but i call mm-hmm. it kind of a blue collar restaurant and uh, price point so we're being very sensitive to all of that so the first floor is a um, all day long the plan is right now breakfast lunch dinner kind of Castle Luau diner. It's going to have a bar. You can get a, you know, a cocktail or a Bloody Mary and lunch. And then we're going to shift to dinner in the evenings. And then in the basement, there's, well, of course, both the first floor and basement have kitchen space. But the basement um, is still the Castle Luau, but I'm naming it after my grandfather who came from Italy to Lima. And uh, we only knew him by Nono, which is grandpa in Italian. So N-O-N-N-O. And he had a cellar. He, they lived on Kibbe Street. And we spent a lot of time in Nono's cellar. It's where we had a lot of family dinners and things like that. So I'm putting some of my family history into it. And Nono's cellar uh, is turning out really, really great. All right. It's going to be a special yes. family it, spot, it, it's, huh? a, it's a great spot. It's a little more quaint than the first floor. Yeah. And it's a little more, you know, um, I don't want to say schwanky. You know? <laughs> but, but, yeah, it but is. But more romantic yeah. and kind of old school Italian. It's got the penny tile and it's oh, got cool. arches built downstairs and banquette booths and red check tablecloths and all right you know yeah. well, maybe some wicker wicker yeah. wine bottles yeah. on the table <laughs> but, it, so but it's gonna have a whole different vibe same menu all right and uh, the building in the back is called vista taco and uh, my kids have been involved in that and uh, you know it's gonna be kind of a young uh, uh, taco tequila rum type of restaurant i have to make the menu a little bit more broad than some of the taco shops in columbus and mm. things like that because the lima market isn't that big yeah and so, you know, if people like it and they come frequently, I think that's what people like about the beer barrel. There's lots mm-hmm. of choices. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's got 25 killer tacos. All right. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> and there's some enchiladas and there's some chef specials. and But not a typical full-blown Mexican Ta- restaurant. Okay. You know? Lots of frozen drink machines. Yeah. <laughs> Which will be able to raise up the door at the bar in the summer and do Dora cups. To Amazing. Yeah. Like yeah. Wow. Uh, and it's got a rooftop patio. So it's two levels. Vista Taco's got the first floor with a patio. And then you can go upstairs in that building or take the elevator in the other building because they're connected on the second floor. And then there's they, there is a bar on the second floor. There's a total of five bars in these two buildings. And uh, so the second floor has a bar that's enclosed and conditioned, air and heat. So a year-round room. And then the garage doors go up to two more bays of outside dining on the, on the rooftop. Um, 
I, I I only wish I could have talked to the Rotary about turning the stage in the other direction. So right you can yeah. see that. <laughs> yeah. But we are looking out over the amphitheater. Great, yeah, great you know? view. You're here the back of the fine. stage and all the people yeah. out front. So. Yeah, great view, so though. It should be fun. That sounds... Yeah, so that's what's going on. That, that's all? Amazing. <laughs> that's, yeah, yeah, that's it. Uh, that sounds amazing yeah. and cannot wait. Um, and that's happening this year still, 2024 at some We're point? We're on track. If the contractors... We have a finish-out schedule right now that everybody seems to be... Uh, in agreement on um, so we're shooting to have you know legal occupancy where they do life safety and fire inspections mm -hmm. and all of that early april Okay. Um, and then we're going to stock and hire and train. And, and it would be a big thing for someone to open all of these at one time. And it's a big thing for us. Oh, yeah. But we have, you know, it's what we do for a living. Yeah. And we've opened lots of restaurants. And we have an opening staff and we have trainers and, you know, we have departments. So uh, I feel pretty confident that we are going to, don't hold me to this, yeah. but I, I think we're going to have a Saturday open to the public uh, spring and main preview day in middle of May. And um, all five bars will be open, but there'll be complimentary hors d'oeuvres. We're not going to do sit-down dining okay. or anything. Yeah. Probably close down Spring Street because we have the ability now yeah. with these built-in ballers yeah. that they put at Union and Main to close the street. And uh, probably have some live music out there, do some tables if the weather's nice outside, and make a festival out of it. Uh, that way uh, everybody can come check it out and take a tour through the buildings. And yeah. uh, and then I think the following uh, Monday or Tuesday we'll do a grand opening. Yeah. Well, yeah. that's exciting. We cannot wait. Yeah. Uh, we'll be there uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> whenever that happens. Now, I just want to, first of all, thank you for sponsoring our Chili for Charity event. Oh, you're you know, we're very <laughs> excited about having Happy Days Chili available at that event. Thank Thank you. But you do so much for our community. I don't think people understand all the different events you sponsor. Could you give people just a little bit of a snapshot, brag a little bit about what yeah, you, you give to back stay to me? Humble about you those have type to, things, I know, you know, but I think it's important that people know, and I don't think they always understand. I think some people probably hear good restaurants and they don't associate that with you know, Happy Days yeah. and Old City Prime and Beer Barrel. So tell us about, yeah. you know, just a snapshot of the great. Well, the structure, first of all, Good Food Restaurants is our management company. Our administrative team, our office staff, and all of our management work in Good Food Restaurants. So it's kind of an umbrella management company that then oversee all the different concepts, including the Sycamore that we own in German mm -hmm. Village in Columbus, and including the future Spring and Main stores, the Beer Barrels, Happy Days, and Old City. Sometimes I do, when we market good food restaurants or say good food restaurants, I feel that way too. Like mm. the people relate that to yeah. you know, what it is. So thank you for clarifying that. You know, we just believe that um, we've been fortunate to do the business that we do. You know, we operate, I'd have to count eight or nine restaurants in Allen County, yeah. you know, that do significant amount of business. And in other counties that we're in, we're in Auglaize, we're in Mercer, we're in Hancock, and I could go on. Yeah. yeah. But we do feel a responsibility to, you know, work with the schools and help the schools on projects or fundraisers that they're doing. I love some of the community things that are happening in town to impact our youth because we need the youth in this town, black and white, to have optimism and to be heard and to know that they can have a good paying job. They don't have to get into drugs and crime and gangs and all of that. And there are some people and some organizations that are doing fantastic work. We want to support that, you know. Sean and Emmanuel. Oh, <laughs> Curtis, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Emmanuel Curtis and, and Sean Russell. Yeah. I'm sorry, Sean. <laughs> Uh, you know, Sean and his wife, Diamond, are also renovating the Booker building on Spring yeah. Street with some exciting things and very proud of them for what they're doing. These young people and um, and Stetic and, uh, and other people, they're out wanting to change the youth 
from not thinking they have opportunities in this town because there are opportunities. You know, Sean talks about getting training and getting hired at the refinery years ago, and, and there's trades that they can get into. There's colleges, there's skills, there's things. So young people in our community need to know that if they want to live a good life and a long life, <laughs> right? Yes. And not have a tragic ending, that there are things that they can do. So I love those organizations, and we're going to continue to support that. You know, we started Happy Days Charities a while back, and it's called Good Food, yeah. Good Food <laughs> Charities now, Good Food <laughs> Restaurants Charities. And that was initiated when the Veterans Food Pantry lost their offices in Memorial Hall when the county closed Memorial Hall. And uh, I had a vacant building over on North Street that I kept hearing what they were looking for. And uh, I talked to my wife about it, and I said, let's, you know, let's let them have this building. You know, we gave it to them for a dollar a year. Yeah. We didn't give them the physical property, but gave them uh, an opportunity. And and then I got to meet these Gold Star mothers and got to meet the veteran people, the council people. That And you see their passion about oh, what they yeah. do. And uh, so we formed Good Food Restaurants Charities initially to fund the food bank because they were also struggling with government regulations on having to open it up to everybody yep. for food because they were getting food from the West Ohio Food Bank mm -hmm. and they couldn't be yeah, um, specific, just, specific to... just to veterans. But they still chose to stay specific just to veterans. So they needed support in buying goods and things. And that was our initial you know, motivation to get involved and to start Happy Days Charities. But it's really expanded out. It's uh, it's for families in crisis, and it's for uh, veterans relief. And then you come to find out there's so many organizations that are in need of funding to do stuff like that. Aaron, uh, down on Union Street. Aaron, I don't want to mess up Aaron's last name, McLaurin. Yep. Aaron, Aaron McLaurin. with the yes. Soldiers of Honor. Soldiers of Honor. Yep. Man, you talk to people like that. I used to watch Aaron fight. He, he was he was a you know he was nationally known yeah. uh, uh, boxer back in the day. But you you watch how passionate they are about you know helping these children and uh, and then the the Children's Hunger Alliance is involved there also. So those are things that we just feel you know passionate about, especially in our hometown. But we try to do that in some of the other towns also. Yeah, so yeah. it's it's amazing what all you're doing in the community, and I think we've had a history lesson today we've learned a lot about what yeah where we've come and how great things are looking downtown before we let you go we really do want to make sure we mention the beer barrel boys because we know that <laughs> you're um, <laughs> you're on tour hey, right hey, you uh, just can't yeah, you just we, can't work all the time you have to have a hobby you have to have yeah, fun, so right? we want to make sure that we mention that and we let you talk about what you guys are doing yeah. and if we can catch you guys anytime soon sure <laughs> well sometimes i'm a little self-conscious about it you yeah. know just uh, but it's been a lot of fun and uh I've sang over the years with different, uh, you know, different uh, musicians around town. Just if I was out and about, and and, uh, and years ago, Gary Stinnett. Gary used to have the Buck Tanner Band and Raging Cajun, and and Gary probably in the younger or for younger generations was best known for Three Stools and a Bar. Yep. And uh, and I used to sing with Gary a lot, and this was probably 15, 16 years ago. Now Gary said. Let's do a little, let's put a little band together. And uh, and Jim Heretzky had just come back to town. And Jimmy and I grew up together down on, you know, the east side of Lima, south end of town. east. And uh, Jim's a great bass player. So Jim and Gary and I put this little thing together called the Beer Barrel Boys. And it was just the three of us. And, and we would just go out and, and you know, we did some of the, you know, the veterans councils, the VFWs and yeah. some beer barrels and stuff. And, and so it's just kind of grown over the years. Gary has since passed and a couple of the other of the guys that, you know, uh, Denny McDonald that joined the band on keyboards. They knew he was known He's as good. Dude. 
and he was the best. I've been blessed with some of the best really good players. Yeah, yeah, some of the best players. And uh, and after Dude and uh, Gary and Denny passed away, uh, uh, you know, some of the Nashville Crush guys wanted to sit in. Dean Mag yeah. and Nathan Falky, they got they got involved. Bobby Stippick's been in the band. Um, currently, it's uh, Frank Harnischweger and uh, Jimmy Gore's in yeah. the band now, and uh, Bob Schrader and Jim Horetsky and uh, and uh, Rick Yates uh, on drums out of India, you know, down around Russell's Point, and myself. So. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we're out and about. And every year, I question myself. I am so busy. Why am I doing this? You know. But uh, I don't. I don't have a lot of hobbies. Yeah. And uh, and it's really like we just got. To, we get together every Monday night. I've got a little studio behind my barn out in the woods, and we get together for three hours. And I pick out the new songs. And these guys are so good. You know, within listening to it once, they're like, boom, they're right into it. And so it's just a lot of fun. And uh, Friday night or a couple weeks, we're at the Elks. And uh, and then on parade day in Lima, we have been at the Eagles for years right. after the parade because we have a pretty good uh, set of Irish music too, <laughs> Irish pub songs, yep. you know. All right, and, fun time uh, and a fun and then, group of people. And then on St. Patrick's Day, we're going to be at the Beer Barrel at Market Street on Sunday, and then we kind of get into our summer. I oh, yeah. I kept the schedule free till I get spring in Maine, you know. <laughs> but you're busy, yeah, right? That's, in March. Uh, that's a lot. Yeah, that's a lot yeah. for March, and yeah. yeah. So how do people keep up to date and up to speed with all the things that you have going on? Be it the restaurants, be it Beer Barrel be it the beer barrel boys like how do people stay up to speed on all the things that you have going on right oh, boy we, we you know we've got websites i think erica does a great job we've got a, a marketing team um i think if you log on to um uh either exploit you, I, I think there might be a beer barrel page i should know oh. that you know <laughs> a beer barrel boys page there is a uh, another website called that lousy band yeah yeah you know about uh -huh. that lousy band uh -huh. and jim horetsky posts you know all kinds of dates oh on yeah there. But we'll be at Faroe Park on Sunday night this summer. We're, we're already booked on a Friday night at Lincoln Park. We'll do the, I'm sure we're going to do a curtain call night at the Civic yeah. Center. And then plenty of uh, weeknights around at the different beer barrels in Finley, St. Mary's, yeah. Harding Highway. So staying busy. Yes. Yeah. 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 Well, John, thank you so much for joining us. This has been great hearing from you, talking to you once again. Thank you for your sponsorship for our Chili for Charity coming up next month. We really do appreciate what you're doing in the community yeah. and for being with us today. So thank, thank you. you. Yeah, thanks, hey, One last thing about our great city. You know, we're building a new swimming pool, mm -hmm. which is going to be fantastic. There's naysayers. Always. We're doing things Always downtown, which are going to be fantastic. There's naysayers. Always, yes. Mm -hmm. I heard something the other day about, and this isn't a political statement. It's about both 24-7 news channels. There's a truth about repeating something over and over and over again. And, and that pretty soon some people just believe things. That's right. And, and I think to change our perception and change people's minds about downtown Lima, we need everyone to say good things, yes. to be excited about what's coming, to support what's coming, because we can build these things and we can make everything look pretty. But if people don't support it, yeah. if we don't keep the amphitheater active, mm -hmm. if we don't keep enrollment high at roads, if we don't you know, speak highly of our city, people will have the wrong mindset about it. So, And behind the scenes, I'm telling you, there are some big, big things going on yeah. uh, that could be potentially announced in the next 12 months, you know, as far as industry and other things. We have a great town. We do. Yeah. We do. And a great region. And yeah. I think, yeah. you know, the perception that we're facing, we can do something about it, John. 
yeah. by having those conversations, correcting people when they badmouth That's our community, right. comparing us to Finley in a negative light. Yeah. Yeah. We need to be the voice for our community That's and, right. and build a sense of if pride. If we want young people to stay in this town, hey, I'm, I got a few good years left in me. <laughs> <laughs> but if we want this town to be successful, we need young people to come here, young people to stay here, young people to speak nice things about it. Yeah. That's right. And because that's the future. And uh, so I, maybe one of my passions about what I'm doing to help the community more than anything is I beat that drum a lot. Mm-hmm. So let's all start beating the drum. Yeah, yeah let's be yeah. a cheerleader for agree. Lima and yes. Allen County. Amen. Yes. Well, thanks for joining us You're today, welcome. John. And we look forward to seeing uh, all your future endeavors. Thanks. Thank you, John, for joining us today. And you are listening to Activate Your Health. We are going to move into talking about garden season. It's approaching quickly. It may still be cold out, but spring is around the corner. And March is a great time to start planning your garden space. Uh, so you're, if you're prepping your outdoor garden here in Ohio, it's probably going to be a challenge because we are in Ohio. But we are in zone six. And as the seasons shift from winter to spring, we need to be considering getting that garden going and getting that started. So we want to share today five tips to get your garden started off on a good note in 2024. Yeah, it might seem a little early to be planning your garden, but tip number one is design your garden. So we encourage you to draw and map out what you hope to grow and do some research to find out what those plants sizes are going to be, how much sunlight they're going to require beforehand so that you can companion plant and have a garden that doesn't become overgrown and become a stressor in your life where you're digging through just to find a a tomato plant. So do a little legwork now. Think about it. Plan forward knowing that your best laid plans may not come to fruition because Mother Nature has different ideas, but you'll be much more prepared for a successful garden. Tip number two, get your soil tested. So this is a good time of year to think about soil testing, making sure that you're growing in an environment that your plants are excited about and cooperate with you in. Um, So knowing the pH of your soil is a good way to start with that. And you can order those strips online. You can also get them at many of our garden stores here locally, but getting that pH level tested and making those changes prior to your season starting is a good place to be. Yeah, so many people get frustrated. They can't grow anything and they never test their soil and realize they have highly acidic soil or, you know, super basic soil. So yeah, make sure you're doing that. Tip number three would start composting and add compost to your garden. This is a real free and easy way to uh, improve the soil condition. So you can save yard trimmings such as leaves, grass clippings, weeds, thatch. Um, But you can also use kitchen scraps. Things like vegetable peelings, eggshells, coffee grounds are all great to add to your garden. But you have to take some care when you're composting kitchen scraps because some things don't really compost. Things like meat, bones, fatty foods, oils. You want to make sure you're not including those in your uh, compost pile or you could have some issues. So start composting, replenish your soil, and that composting will also help with your pH levels as well. Tip number four, if you're starting your veggie garden with direct seeding and early transplants, now may be the time to do some of that early seeding. If you're looking to have homegrown fruits and vegetables this season, now is the time when it pays to plan ahead and get off to a good start, especially in the warmer parts of our region. You can start planting indoor seeds and some outdoor seeds now. So those can germinate indoors um, in about six to eight weeks, and you can obviously look at seed packets and check for instructions, or you can buy transplants. The seeds, spinach, beets, radishes, and carrots are just a few that can be sown directly into the ground during this month as well. Some of the other crops to get into the ground now are onions, lettuce, coal crops, and broccoli, cauliflower, Brussels sprouts, etc. And as you harvest uh, those early growers, space becomes available for the warm season vegetables. So again, planning is the key to gardening because if you want to have some of those vegetables, you can start working on those now and make space for later season options in the 
the future. Yeah, great tip. Our last tip is to get an early start on the weeds. Removing early weeds like chickweed and dead nettle and preventing later ones really reduces competition with our desired plants and improves our garden aesthetics. And I know we were out at our community garden yesterday and we have weeds growing already yes, around green. it's amazing so this early in the season it's great to get out there get your hoe out do some light scraping of the surface to take off some of those weed seeds but if you have big soil disturbances you can actually encourage more weeds to sprout so you don't want to really turn that soil over um you know a lot of folks will use some herbicides at this point on the organic side products made from corn gluten meal can be effective at weed prevention so we'd encourage trying that and try all five of these tips to get your garden off to a great growing season for 2024. And it might sound early, but start planting that garden right now. Yes. And now we want to move into our final segment of the day. We are looking at our community events as we always do. And as always, there's lots to do in the Lima Allen County region, including Johnny Appleseed Metro Park offering programming nearly every weekend during the winter and spring months. They do a fantastic job. So visit their website, www.jampd, Johnny Appleseed Metropolitan Park District.com for the full schedule. Yeah, that's right. Another great program we'd like to promote is the Walk with the Doc at the Lima YMCA program. It's taking place on March 9th at 9 a.m. This is a free event that is open to the public. It's a great way to come in, ask any questions you might have a physician, a doctor from Mercy Health while you're getting some great steps in. So come into the Y, do some walking, ask those questions you have a physician on March 9th. And Josh, it's March, which means it's St. Patrick's Day, which means it's our Lima Irish Parade. So that will be hitting the streets on Saturday the 16th of March, beginning at noon. So we'd encourage everyone to get out there, enjoy the parade, be there early, be safe, um, but enjoy the festivities of the day in Lima. Yeah, and you can catch John Hafey and the Beer Barrel Boys later that day after the parade as well. We have two great events on March 23rd that we'd like to promote. The first one is at the Allen County Museum. That's called Space Day. It's going to be taking place from 1.30 to 4. A great event for any of your young future astronauts to come in, learn about space, and have a lot of fun at the Allen County Museum. And then also on March 23rd is the Dog Gone Easter Egg Hunt and Photo event at the Ohio SPCA and Humane Society. That starts at one o'clock. Great for kids and uh, dog lovers as well. But like Kayla said, there's so much going on in our region and our community. And a great way to stay up to date with all of those things is the uh, Visit Greater Lima's community calendar on their website. It's a wonderful resource where you can find out all the great events that are happening in our region. And Josh, thank you again for that reminder. The egg hunt means that Easter is around the corner. So Easter this year is also in March, I think the 31st. So as we're thinking about that, I'm sure you'll be seeing more information coming out about Easter festivities in the region as well. So again, keeping eye on Visit Greater Lima. We have lots of things around the corner. St. Patty's Day, Easter, and then hopefully spring. Yeah, early Um, Easter this year. Yes, we are excited about all of that. And we want to remind you, as always, that even through all the good things that are happening, there are plenty of those who are struggling. And we would hope that you would reach out for some help. We do have local help available. The crisis line, 1-800-567-HOPE. That's 1-800-567-4673. Or you can text 741-741. Well, so thanks for joining us today on another great episode of Activate Your Health. We'll be back in April for another insightful, educational, and fun episode. But until then, stay safe, stay healthy, and we'll see you soon. See ya.